Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Jima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. We're going to go ahead and continue in part two of exposing the truth about homosexuality. Yes, we're going to go ahead on in this discussion. We're going to discover the reason why homosexuality came to exist. That's what we're going to talk about. Why do we have homosexuals? Now, a lot of people want to talk about that they were born that way. That's what people want to believe, that homosexuals were born that way. But we have no type of scientific evidence at all to validate that point, to substantiate that statement, to say, yes, it's true that people were born gay, that people were born homosexuals. No one was born a homosexual. There's no homosexual gene. There's no biological basis for homosexuality saying this is the biological reason why people are born homosexuals. We don't have that information. And it's been hundreds of years, thousands of years since we had people practicing homosexuality, individuals. And we have a whole culture, like we said in the first segment, a whole Western culture, people were practicing homosexuality. So it's not something that people are born with. It's something that is taught. Homosexuality is a learned behavior. Now, we may have some individuals who may have contributing factors biologically. Maybe they have hormones. They've been exposed to high rates of hormones that somehow may effeminate their brains if they're masculine or masculinize their brain if they're feminine. Maybe that's a contributing factor. It doesn't mean that that's the sole reason why. Because anything that happens within your body, you can override it, right? There's a lot of things happening in our bodies that we may be predisposed to, but our environment will play a very essential role in determining if we will manifest those traits. Environmental factors may activate or allow these traits to be dormant. Psychological factors, nutritional factors. It's a lot of things that happen. Nature versus nurture. It's a lot of things that go into manifesting certain genes or biological traits. Again, I'm going to reiterate, there is no scientific evidence that there is a gay gene. There's no such thing. There's no biological basis for homosexuality. Obviously, it is a learned behavior. It is a choice. A lot of people saying they don't have a choice, but we have a lot of people coming out of homosexuality right now. A lot of people who used to practice homosexuality, a lot of people who used to engage in the homosexual lifestyle, they decided that they no longer wanted to be practicing homosexuals. And they stopped that behavior. So if it was something that was innate, it was something that was natural, it was something that they could not control, 
then obviously they wouldn't be able to get out of that lifestyle. We have a lot of people who are coming out of homosexuality. So obviously it is a choice. And these people are telling us that it was a choice. And we are being told that it's not a choice. And we have people who are actively engaged in that lifestyle tell us that it was a choice. And maybe the people who say that it's not a choice, maybe they're in the minority. Maybe these are the people who really believe that their homosexuality have some type of biological base. Maybe because they were told that. Maybe it's because they were told that. And that's the reason why they believe it. But the majority of people, they know that homosexuality doesn't have a biological base. Homosexuality is definitely a choice. It is a learned behavior. As we discussed in the first segment, we understand that it's culturally based. If you live in a society that condones homosexuality, that makes homosexuality an option, then of course you're going to engage in homosexuality. You're going to engage in homosexuality. That's something that you're going to do because it is an option available. It is something that has been condoned and acceptable. And we see that in, in Western society, in, in ancient Greece and and Rome. It was common. And we see that right now in Western society, in Europe, in the, you know, and uh, all the countries in Europe. It's something that's socially acceptable. So we're going to go ahead on and talk about outside of culture, outside of learned behavior, what are the, some of the other factors that may contribute to societies accepting homosexuality or promoting homosexuality? Let's go ahead on and start our discussion. Let's go ahead on and go way back, right? We have to go ahead on and talk about patriarchy. Now, patriarchy is the belief that men are superior, that men are better human beings, that men are destined to rule and have power over women. That is patriarchy. And this type of patriarchy was started by Western men. Now, let's see if there's a connection. Western men practice homosexuality and Western men created patriarchy as we know it right now. Now, is there some type of connection between patriarchy and male homosexuality? Is there an association? I mean, logically, it makes sense because if males believe in their own superiority under under Western patriarchy, and they believe that they're superior, that they're better, and they believe that the woman is inferior, that she is less than and she's not good enough. Now, we could understand how they could get into that state of mind where they start worshiping the male. The male becomes the most important person in Western society. So if men become the most important people and they start isolating the women, they start 
segregating the women, separating the women, and they don't want to be involved with the women. And they start spending a lot of time with each other, connecting and engaging and bonding. The only thing they want from the woman is to impregnate her so they can continue the race. We can understand how homosexuality could evolve from that type of mindset. Right? And out of patriarchy comes misogyny. Misogyny is the hatred of females. Now, patriarchy created misogyny. Misogyny is the hatred of females. So if Western men hated women because they created misogyny and they isolated the women, they don't want nothing with the women, then we could understand how homosexuality could have evolved from this type of mentality. So patriarchy and misogyny are the foundation of homosexuality, male homosexuality. That's basically what's going on. We can actually clearly see it, right? So male patriarchy produce misogyny, which produce sexism, the discrimination against the female gender, the female sex. And that also produce oppression of females. So we can understand how this whole thing come together. The oppression of females, the isolation of female, the domination of female. Now the men started liking each other. They started engaging in sexual activity with each other because they were around each other all the time. They're constantly putting the woman down, saying that she's no good or she's not good enough. And the English word for a vagina is called pussy. And that word pussy means something that's full of pus. So whoever created that word didn't really like a vagina because they decided to call it something that's derogatory. A pussy. That means something that's full of pus. And a lot of these patriarchal men used to talk down on women. They didn't like the way women smell. They didn't like the way women look. They didn't like the way women act. And they were praising and adoring the male. We have the male-worshipping society. Obviously, that's not natural. It's not natural to hate the opposite sex. It's not natural to discriminate against the, the opposite sex, to degrade them, to demean them, to put them down. Obviously, that's not natural. And the reason why patriarchy was created may be these men felt insecure. They felt weak. They felt powerless, especially when they saw that the woman was the giver of life. She's the one that bare the children. She's the one that carried the next generation in her womb. Maybe that's why some of these Western men became jealous. I don't know. But right now we are just speculating. We're putting two and two together and we're trying to figure out how did a group of men become homosexuals? And those men who became homosexuals disliked women and they created a whole system of oppression. 
sexism and misogyny. So we can put two and two together and we can see that something is not adding up. Something is not right. Now out of patriarchy came the sexual objectification of women. The sexual objectification. This is something that we really have to look into. The sexual objectification of women. Now, if they can sexually objectify women, it's easy for them to sexually objectify human beings. And this is what happened. So the first human beings that were sexually objectified were women. Okay? So women became sexual things, sexual property or objects strictly for the personal pleasure entertainment of men. These women were used as sexual objects. And when the men started having sex with each other, they strictly used these women for breeding, for producing their children. Now, once a woman became sexually objectified, then other human beings started to become sexually objectified as well. So the people who were slaves, whether they were females initially, and then other males were captured and dominated, they became sexually objectified as well. So these men who were captured and dominated were given the status of women and they were used accordingly. They were used the same way women were used for sexual gratification by men. And those men did not consider themselves to be gay or homosexual because they were the ones who were dominating. They're the ones who were penetrating. They were the ones who were in control. And these men who were dominated and oppressed and subjugated were given the female role. They were infeminized or feminized. Right? So this is what's going on right now. And a lot of these men don't realize that. The male who takes the role of the bottom, the male who is being penetrated, is not even seen as a woman. They're seen as a female. And they're given the status and the value of a female. And in Western patriarchal society, women were not valued. They weren't considered to be worthy of anything. They were made to be something other than human. They were deprived of their human qualities. So a lot of these men who are taking on on that role, who, who are the bottom, who are playing the feminine role, they are assigned a feminine status. They're only valued for their sexual activities. They're not respected as a human being. As a matter of fact, they had no respect for the human body, period. Because the human body was objectified. It was considered to be a thing, a property. Something that could be violated. Something that could be used and abused. Something that could be imposed upon, infringed upon. And something that they could be, they could defile, exploit for their own sexual pleasure. 
Now, this is sexual objectification. We have to really look at this thing. It's sexual objectification. And that's what happened to human beings. Now, once a human being is sexually objectified, there's no such thing as human intimacy because they don't consider this person to be a person. So they remove all their humane characteristics. They no longer see them as human. So there's no human intimacy involved in sex. Sex becomes simply an act. An act of personal pleasure for the person who is inflicting themselves on another. There's no emotional or physical intimacy involved. There's no sensuality. There's no passion. There's no human connection. It's strictly a physical act, a very brutal act. There's no emotional attachment, no mental stimulation, no bonding. It's solely an act of masturbation because this person is having sex all by themselves. They're just using that person as a vessel, as a body, and their penis becomes a tool to impose their power and domination. So these people, these patriarchal men, they sexually objectified women and other men. And they see sex as just another recreation activity, something to do. Now, sexuality was commodified. Sexual act was commodified. It was seen as something that can be sold, exchanged, or traded for money. Sex was used as a bargaining chip or currency to get what was wanted or needed. Sex was used as capital to gain access to resources, material things, privilege, position, status, or power. Sex was commodified. When people became commodified, sex became commodified. So we have to understand that is part of the reason that homosexuality came to be. Because human beings were sexually objectified and then they were sexually commodified and they were made into sexual objects, things to be sold for sexual pleasure. And this led to prostitution where people's bodies could be used for sexual pleasure. It could be rented out, bought, sold, exchanged. That is the nature of sexual objectification. People were made to be sex slaves, prostitutes. People were raped as if it was nothing, violated, molested. And this involved children, women, other men, This is what happens when human beings are sexually objectified. That's what happens. And that contributed to homosexuality. Because now, if a human being is sexually objectified, then their bodies could be used for anything. Any type of sexual act. 
it didn't matter their gender. It didn't matter if they were male. didn't matter if they were a man. It doesn't matter if they have masculine body parts because they weren't seen as a human being to even have body parts. They were a thing. They were a thing. And they were rape. They were raped. These males were raped because they were raped the same way women were raped. They were raped the same way children were raped. So homosexuality had its origin in sexually objectifying the human being. And now we can understand. And once you sexually objectify the human being, we can understand why people don't see the sacredness of sex. Why people don't understand the value and importance of sex. They don't understand that sex is supposed to be something that's special between a man and a woman. Because it was taken away from them many hundreds or thousands of years ago. And that same mentality was passed down into the present time. So that's definitely one of the reasons why you have a lot of people who find homosexuality acceptable because they do see themselves as sexual objects, as things to be used in any way sexually, right? And a lot of people are confused about sexuality. They don't understand about sexuality. They don't understand sexuality. They don't know the purpose for sex other than having babies and having fun. They don't see the spiritual component of sex. They don't see the mental component, the emotional component. They don't see that. They don't understand the purpose of sex in an intimate relationship between a man and a woman. They don't understand what's happening on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level, and even a physical level. They have never been taught those things. So to them... Sex is just something to do. And we can see that. Now, another thing is that human beings crave for emotional, mental, and physical intimacy. They crave for that. It's a natural thing for human beings to want to be physically close to each other. And because they've been sexually objectified, they've been commodified. They've been turned into things and objects to be sold and bought and exchanged. Human beings forgot how to be emotionally, mentally intimate. And the only time they can be intimate is through sex. They don't know how to communicate with each other verbally and non-verbally. They don't know how to relate. They don't know how to connect on an emotional, mental level. The only time they could seem to get something similar to that is by having sex. And so whenever they crave that type of contact, that type of physical connection, the only way that they could get that is by having sex. And it didn't matter if, if the person was a male or a female. It, doesn't, it didn't matter if it was same sex. They wanted, they crave attention. They crave touch. They crave some type of human bonding. And the only way they could get it is through sex because that culture deprived them of emotional and mental and physical intimacy. 
They weren't affectionate. They weren't lovey-dovey. They weren't nurturing towards each other. So the only time that they can get something close to that is having sexual intercourse. And after sex, they would go back into their own worlds. Disconnected from each other. Detached from each other. Everyone, everybody went back to their little hole in the wall, their little corners. And they would go back to their emotional isolation. So sexuality was a way of physically connecting. Even though they could not emotionally or mentally connect or even physically connecting on a regular basis because they weren't touching each other. Handshakes and hugs and kisses on the cheek. They weren't doing that. That culture didn't promote physical intimacy. And the only time people were allowed to touch was just doing sex. It's natural for men to long to be around other men. It's a natural thing. It's natural for a woman to be around other women. It's a natural thing. But when you have people who are deprived of love, deprived of sensuality, deprived of contact, of human bonding, they will act out. They will react in an unnatural way because they're starving for affection. They're starving for love. They don't know that because they have not been taught those concepts and ideas. So whenever they get in the company of other people, the only way that they can respond is in a sexual way. Somebody touched them and they feel some type of sensation. Now that sensation may have nothing to do with sex, but it's sensual. They're being stimulated centrally. But because they don't know how to connect in a non-sexual way, then that becomes something sexual. That becomes something sexual. When it's not sexual, it shouldn't be sexual. This is what we call the perversion. Because now any type of human contact any type of human intimacy or human connection becomes sexual and it's associated with sexuality. Now, when we look up the word love in any dictionary, it means physical affection. It means sex. So in the English language, in Western society, the word love itself means sex. So whenever someone say, I love you, it really means that I want to sex you. Love has nothing to do with being emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically intimate. Love is all about sex. So for someone to be in love, that person is really in lust. Based on the definition of the word love. Just go look it up. The word love means sexual intimacy. So when somebody say, I love this person, that means I want to be sexual with this person. And this is what's happening. And that's the reason why when people say we're going to make love, that means they're going to have sex. And these people don't even know each other, but they're claiming that they're going to make love. So the only way that they can love each other, the only way they could allow themselves to even feel some type of love is through having sex. This is what happened. These people have been perverted. Sexuality has been perverted. So now sexuality is, becomes a random act of 
physical intimacy, a random act that could be done with male, female, animal. It doesn't matter. That's the reason why some people can have sex with animals. Because to them, there's no sacredness in human sexuality. There's nothing special about it. It could be done with anything or it could be done with anyone. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter anything. It doesn't matter. And that's the problem. So this is where the origin of homosexuality came from. You know, we're not talking about a biological origin here. We're talking about a social origin. That is definitely an explanation for how homosexuality came to be in terms of a social concept. How did it come to be? How did it come to be? Right Now, people can have feelings. There's nothing wrong with how you feel. You may find yourself attracted to somebody. You like that person. You know, you feel comfortable with them. But it doesn't mean that you have to pursue a sexual relationship with them. You can't have sex with everybody. You can't have sex with everything. There has to be sexual boundaries. There has to be sexual boundaries. Everything that sexually stimulates you doesn't mean that you have to pursue a sexual relationship or sexual contact. And, you know, you have to have a limit. You have to have some restrictions. You have to say, no, I can't do that. But because people have been sexually objectified, now they don't see themselves as people. People of higher moral codes. People with spirituality. People with a guide. People who know what to do and what not to do. They don't see themselves as people. They've been deprived of their humanity when they become sexually objectified. This is what's going on right now. Right? So we're going to go ahead on and we're going to leave that part. And we're going to go into childhood. Let's, 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 let's get more modern. Okay, this is something that happened back in history and it continues to happen today because a lot of people still see themselves as sexual objects. It's not something that they see themselves consciously being sexual objects, but this is a on a subconscious level. This is on a subconscious level. All right? Now, let's bring it up to today. Let's let's get here into the modern world. Now, a lot of times people in the homosexual community will deny that homosexuality is a learned behavior from childhood. A lot of people do not want to talk about that. It's a learned behavior from childhood. A lot of children, you know, have sexually experimented with other children. That's something that people don't want to talk about. People don't want to talk about that. A lot of children learn about sex through adults. A lot of children suffer from childhood sexual trauma, childhood sexual violence. They were traumatized during childhood. Maybe they were a victim of incest, rape, molestation. And because of that, there were violated emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually. And these children learn how to be sexual. They learn how to be sexual. Because as a young age, children are not sexual beings. 
They're not thinking sexuality. Not children will experiment. They will touch themselves. But it's not in a sexual way. It's just out of curiosity. But when children have been sexually abused, sexually traumatized, they will act out. They will act out and they will go and they will teach other children how to do things sexually. Things that were done to them. If they're a victim of incest, sometimes they're having sex with their sisters or their brothers. Their fathers, their mothers, their uncles, their grandfathers. So these children did not learn any sexual boundaries. These children were sexually objectified. They were made to be used as a thing, as a sexual thing for someone else's pleasure. So because of that, these children learn to practice sexuality. And sometimes that sexuality was with the same sex. And this is something that they learn. And sometimes they never outgrow it. So if they were sexually abused by a same sex, then they're going to continue to practice that same sex. They're going to continue to do the same sexual behavior that was imposed or infringed on them. If they're abused by the same sex, now that becomes normalized. Now, when they've done studies, they found out the majority of people who identify as homosexual or gay, the majority of them were sexually abused. This is something that they want. They don't want to talk about. They want to act like it's a personal choice. It's something that I want to do. But wait a minute. If you were sexually abused by a man, now, is there a correlation between you liking men sexually, you finding men sexually attractive, because you were violated sexually by a man? If you were sexually abused by a woman, wouldn't it be a normal reaction for you to be sexually aroused by a woman because that's how you were introduced to sexuality? That's something that we need to think about. It's common sense. You don't need scientific validation for that. That's just common sense. And a lot of children, unfortunately, were victims of sexual abuse by adults. And sometimes it is the same sex. And so these children learn to practice homosexuality. And they continue to do it as an adult. They don't stop when they get to be teenagers. They don't stop when they become adults. They continue that same pattern, that same behavior. And these same children sometimes will sexually experiment with other children. They will show them what somebody else did to them. And sometimes it is the same sex. It is the same sex. And this is something that is passed on, right? Now, sexual experimentation without being sexually abused. Some children are just naturally curious about their body parts. And they just start touching, touching, and touching. And it feels good, so they keep doing it. All right? And... They don't stop. Nobody's intervening and telling them that, hey, you're not supposed to be experimenting sexually with your brother. You're not supposed to be sexually experimenting with your sister. You're not supposed to be sexually experimenting with your cousin. Nobody comes in and intervene and tell them to stop doing that. So they continue that pattern. 
So when they grow up, most children will, during puberty, they will stop that behavior. They will stop experimenting sexually with the same sex. Now, they don't know the difference between male and female. They will experiment with the same sex. They will do it. If nobody is teaching them not to do it, they will naturally do it. Because to them, it's not really sex. It's just experimentation. They're just playing around. And that's why parents have to supervise their children. That's why parents have to educate their children and teach them what's right and what's wrong, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. Children don't know no better. So we have to be the one as adults to set these sexual boundaries for them so they can follow. Now, if nobody is teaching them, they will experiment with each other. They're going to do simple stuff like touching. They're not going to do extreme stuff because they don't know anything about those things. Now, if they're introduced to pornography, they see these things, then they'll experiment doing those things. But by the age of puberty, the majority of children stop sexually experimenting with each other. Especially when it comes to same sex. So homosexuality is not something that's natural. Because during puberty, the majority of children stop that behavior. They stop. By the age of 12, they stop. 13, they stop. Something innately tells them that, hey, stop doing that. That's not appropriate. You can't continue to do that. But some children stay stuck in that stage of experimentation. They never outgrow it. So they continue that same behavior into adulthood. Now, as a child is not considered to be homosexuality because children are not thinking sexual. So it's just child experimentation. They just have to be directed to something else and not do that. But when they do it as an adult, that is homosexuality because they know the implication of that. Right? Now, children who have been abused, whether it be physically, emotionally, and mentally, you know, sometimes they tend to get into homosexual relationships because they're looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong faces. They don't care because they've been objectified, made into thing, into object. Even though they may have not been sexually abused, but they feel low, they feel unworthy, they feel not good enough. So anybody who offers them some type of love or acceptance, anybody who even pay them attention, they will go and be with that person even if it is the same sex so we got to look at that a lot of people don't want to talk about that they don't want to talk about that but that is the reality a lot of children are so deprived of love they so vulnerable they so weak they so needy so anybody who come along male or female that offer them some type of comfort some type of nurturing some type of affection they're going to take it they get desperate and children are misled or deceived or tricked into practicing homosexuality. Especially as young adults. Now, if children are neglected, they're abandoned, they're not provided emotional support and guidance, they're not given their basic needs, they're vulnerable, they're easily influenced into a homosexual lifestyle. Okay? Any type of childhood oppression violation of the human rights children are involved in human trafficking prostitution child labor any type of trauma it doesn't have to be sexual trauma these children become more vulnerable to homosexuality 
Okay? They already don't have any boundaries. They already are desperate and needy. All right? Now, childhood exposure to sexual messages. Now, children are given sexual messages now because sexuality is everywhere. We are bombarded with sexual messages. Sexual messages on the television, sexual messages in the music, in the movies, in the magazines, visual images, audio, sounds of sex. You know, sex is everywhere. So children are just overwhelmed with sexual messages. They don't even know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. They don't know. They're lost and confused. So it's easy for them to be manipulated to enter homosexual relationships. Any type of sexual relationship, but more specifically homosexuality, since that's what we're talking about. So children are misguided. They're deceived. They're manipulated. And nowadays, a lot of children are being groomed for sexual activity with adults. They're being told. They're being primed. They're being prepared. They're being groomed. So we could easily see how a lot of children can get caught up in homosexuality because they're very vulnerable. And the adults are basically coaching them, telling them what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. So these are some of the reasons why children enter homosexual activities and later on homosexual relationship as adults. And people don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to talk about it. They want to make it seem as if, you know, I mean, homosexuality is a natural occurrence that people just become homosexuals naturally. That's not true. A lot of people are groomed into becoming homosexuals. They're coached. It's some unnatural circumstances such as sexual trauma, neglect, abandonment, abuse, exploitation. They don't want to talk about these things. Now, if we have 98% of the world, 98% of people are heterosexuals. Now, 2% of the world, you could say, are homosexuals. So, 2%, that's an exception. So, by default, heterosexuality is the norm. And they're trying to make it seem like something is wrong with being heterosexual. When the majority of the world, 98% of people are heterosexuals. And even the 2% of people who practice homosexuality could easily at any day decide to become heterosexuals. It's not something that's permanent. It's not something that's fixed. It's not something that you cannot reverse. You could easily change your mind. Every human being have the body parts to engage in heterosexual relationships. Homosexuality is not the norm. And now they're trying to make it seem like it's something wrong with, with you if you're a heterosexual. When this is the natural state of a human being to be a heterosexual. The human body was made to be heterosexual. The body parts of a male and a female complement one another. There's no confusion in that. A penis is supposed to go into a vagina. A vagina is made to accommodate a penis. That is the biological facts. A vagina is made for a penis. And a penis is made for a vagina. It's very simple. 
It's nothing complicated about this. It's something that's natural. A man and a woman's body are supposed to be together. It's not natural to have two males' bodies together. It's not natural to have two female bodies together. It's just simple biology. And people want to be delusional. They want to believe a lie. And they want everybody to participate in that lie. We cannot participate in a lie if we want to live a truth. Not in a subjective truth. Not a truth that's only real for one person. But we're talking about objective truth. A truth that's real for everybody. A truth that's real for everybody. Right? So... We need to stop right now and really think about what is happening in our world right now. And we need to pick size. You you, you can't say, well, you know, it doesn't matter. People can do whatever they want. If an agenda is being pushed. Now, if an agenda is not being pushed, yes, everybody could do what they want because it's not going to be affecting the society as a whole. But if it is affecting the society, if we're being pushed into making homosexuality the norm, if we're being pushed to replace heterosexuality with homosexuality, then it becomes a problem. Because in the first segment, I expose all the negative factors of the homosexual lifestyle. Now, based on all these negative factors, which can be proven with statistics, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making this thing up. You can Google anytime and and look at all these negative factors in the homosexual community. All these diseases, mental health problems, drug and alcohol addictions, suicidal tendencies, promiscuity it's something that we look at we got to be completely honest when we talk about something we cannot present half truths we cannot omit information that is a deception for people to just completely omit valuable information Now, anytime I'm sitting down with a person who's advocating and promoting homosexuality, I'm going to ask that person to present the medical facts about what happens when people engage in homosexual sex. Now, even if you have heterosexual people engaging in homosexual sex, it creates a problem. If you have a man having anal sex with a woman, that woman is going to have a problem because That penis is not supposed to be in the anus. It's supposed to be in the vagina. It's going to create problems. It's going to create problems. This is the facts. Now, as human beings, we need to be able to live healthy lifestyles. We need to be consciously aware what's good for us and what's not good for us. We need to be aware what's sustainable practices and what is unsustainable. We need to be aware what's going to serve the greater need of the community. What is in the best interest 
of the society as a whole and not just cater to a selected few people. So why is it that we're catering to 2% of the population when we have 98% of the population who will be neglected? And we cannot allow that trend to be reversed. We cannot have 98% homosexuals and 2% heterosexuals because we're going to have a serious problem because that problem is already happening right now. In Western society, we have a population problem. The majority of Western nations are not reproducing at a rate to replace themselves. Now, definitely, one of the reasons is because a lot of them are engaging in homosexuality. A lot of people are choosing not to have children because they are engaged in homosexual relationships. Now, let's talk about this. This is another reality. Now, if a person choose to be a homosexual, they choose to be with the same sex, obviously, they know that they can't produce children out of that. They can't have children. Because two men can't get pregnant. Two women can't get pregnant. Now, they want to go ahead on and get surrogates to produce children for them. Or go get other people to produce children for them. Adopting children. Or they want to get artificial insemination. Now, it makes no sense. If you don't want to engage in heterosexual relationships then you should accept the fact that you can't have children. I mean, if, if homosexuality is so natural and so normal, you should, you know, accept the fact that you won't produce children. That is the normal part of a homosexual relationship. You cannot have children. So why try to go around that and get somebody else to produce children for you? Why can't you just accept the relationship as it is? Homosexuality do not produce children. Accept that fact. Why can't you live with that reality? That's part of the choice that you made. But if you're still seeking to have children, then there's a part of you that longs to be in a heterosexual relationship. Because the only way you're going to produce a child is to be in a heterosexual relationship. That's the only way. Or somebody else have to be in a heterosexual relationship to produce a child for you. Two men can't do it and two women can't do it. So obviously there's a lot of delusion going around. People are delusional. People are believing a lie and they want everybody to be silent about it. They don't want people to tell the truth. They don't want people to expose the truth. Nobody can argue with any of the things that I've said. Nobody. Because it's based on truth. And no matter what people may say, no matter what they may do, the facts remain the facts. The truth remains the truth. So, we're going to wrap this thing up. We get to a point where we have to start making some decisions. We have to decide what to believe and what not to believe. And deciding what to believe and what not to believe, we need to do the research. We need to do the investigation. We need to start inquiring about 
What's happening? We can't just accept whatever people are trying to force on us. We got to think about it. The same way that people who practice homosexuality want the right for them to practice homosexuality, we as heterosexuals should have the right to do the same thing. The same way they don't want nobody to enforce their values unto them, they shouldn't be forcing their values unto us. Now it becomes a us versus them kind of thing. Uh, you know, it becomes a division and a confusion. Who is right and who is wrong? There is no question about who is right and who is wrong. Heterosexuality is the norm. Heterosexuality has been here since the beginning of human existence. And heterosexuality will be what continues the human race, not homosexuality. So this is something that we really need to revisit. It's time that we do this. Instead of us just idly sitting by and let people make policies and laws and rules that are going to infringe upon our lifestyle, our liberty, our sovereignty, our spirituality, we need to stand up and say no. If you want to live a homosexual lifestyle, it's fine. Go somewhere else and do it. But don't impose it on me. Don't impose it on the children. Don't impose it on vulnerable groups. Don't do that. And some people try to say we're imposing heterosexuality on other people. There's no such thing. Heterosexuality is by default. Everybody is born to be a heterosexual. If you're born with a penis, you're born with a vagina. If you're a female, you are biologically geared to practice heterosexuality. That is the norm. That is the norm. So we don't want to get caught up in this game. We don't want to get caught up in this hetero and this homosexual agenda. It is an agenda because it's being pushed. Now remember, this is something that was common and acceptable in Greece and Rome. It's nothing new in Western society to practice homosexuality. Now, a lot of people in Western society may not like homosexuality. They may not want nothing to do with it because of their religious belief, because of their spiritual belief, because of their own personal preference. So everybody in Western society obviously are not going to be in agreement with homosexuality. But homosexuality was and still is a common practice in Western society. I'm saying that to say that it is a Western cultural practice. Now, the West cannot impose that on other cultures. They're trying to. They're trying to push it, but, you know, it's not being received because other cultures don't believe in that. They don't condone that. They don't accept that way of life. They believe in the unification of the male and female energy. They believe that the male and the female are necessary for reproduction. That the male and the female are necessary to continue life. And anything else is not acceptable. That sexuality is exclusively 
between a male and a female. It's not supposed to be between male and male, male and female, women and women. It's not supposed to be between human beings and animals. It's not supposed to be between adults and children. Sexuality is something between two consenting adults that are male and female, biologically born. All right. So again, we just have to stop and think about it and really use our spirituality to make better choices, use our cultural beliefs to make better choices. The people who don't believe in certain things, don't let other people force you to believe in it. If you come from a dysfunctional family and you've learned some dysfunctional ways, you got to be honest with yourself. Now, everybody who's a homosexual, if they be completely honest with themselves, they will see the truth. But a lot of times, homosexuals are not honest with themselves at all. They're self-deceiving, self-deluding. They want to believe a lie. They want to live a lie. And they want everybody to go along with that lie. And that's something that we cannot do. Because the consequences of that lie, the consequences are too great. The consequences are too much. We have too much to lose as a family, as a community, as a nation, for us to just indulge in delusional behaviors. We have too much to lose. So I'm going to wrap it up right now and say that, please, everybody, think about it. Before you agree to anything, think about it. Think about the consequences. Think about how it's going to affect you directly or indirectly. Think about how it's going to transform your life for the better or for the worse. Think about it. Before you make any choice in this life, think about it. Analyze it before you allow yourself to enter into a lifestyle that won't be positive or it won't be conducive for your personal growth and development. Thank you.